Hey guys, Dustin Bones here. And once again, I'm here all by myself this week, unfortunately, but for a very good reason. Rick is actually on vacation right now, spending some good quality time with his whole family. He's taking the whole tribe down to Orlando to Disney World. And you know what? That sounds like a pretty good time to me, especially when you get to take the kids and the wife and everybody and just spend some time together. Because it seems like, you know, with work and everything and the busy life that we all have, you know, sometimes family, you don't really get to spend all that much time with them. So uh, that's what Rick's up to this week. But we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Band the Real Life Misadventures of Rick Dunsford and Friends. However, this week, what we're going to do instead is we're going to play you a clip from Rick's first appearance ever on the Guns and Radio podcast. And in this highlight, we talk about a ton of great stuff. Rick tells about the first time he went to CGNR. He talks about some of the other funny stories that happened with uh, me and him when we went to other various shows and things like that all across the all across the whole damn country, to be honest with you. But probably the biggest story that you're going to get in this one is the night that Rick Dunsford well, he actually died, and that's a scary story, especially when you were there, but Rick's going to tell it, I'm going to tell it, and we uh, hope you sit back and enjoy the special look-back edition of Band, the real-life misadventures of Rick Dunsford and Friends, but be sure to subscribe to this podcast feed, because we'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Uh, let me ask you something, man. When, when did you, you know, I've, I've said before on the show that, uh, I got into GNR as hard as I am now after going with you to Atlanta the first time. Yep. When was your first experience of going to see GNR? What got, what got it rolling for you? Uh, it actually started with an ass fucking, believe it or not. Uh, oh my God. Uh, what I mean. <laughs> well, no, it was that. No, it's actually um. No, the way I felt like it was because. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, listen, all right, so, all right, back in. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> all right, there you have it, folks. Right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> all right, and that's the cliffhanger, you know. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> All right, so back in uh, 2000, and, I, I forgot what fucking year. Hold up, all right, 2002. <laughs> I had tickets to see um, Guns in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, and uh, and I want to say Charlotte, North Carolina. I believe it was. There was a. It wasn't a whole lot of dates, but uh, you know, then the whole Philadelphia incident happened, and uh, like a week before their shows, it was canceled. But you know, but leading up to this point, like I was always like obsessed with this band you know since like i don't know right around terminator you know that's a because i was born in 86 so yeah i couldn't really get into the early stuff right at an early age really so but uh i didn't get to see them in the 90s at all so whenever uh i saw the blood sea and uh in that north carolina date i believe it was charlotte i i want to have to go look on that but you know, those shows got canceled a week before, and I did not get to see them. So in 2006, well, they're coming back. They do, they got another U.S. tour. And 
I had tickets to go see them in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, it was like a week before that show. Uh, that show got canceled. It was like that one and one other show got canceled. So, you know, I got, so that's where I'm talking about being fucked really hard with this, man, because I, <laughs> I haven't been able to see them. So when the album finally dropped, I'm thinking like, well, they're not going to cancel these shows. You know, when their next shows they do, they're not going to cancel it because they're going to really try to push this album. So, and then, you know, 2009, there wasn't really a whole lot going on until the end. And then in 2010, they did that little Canada tour. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually drove up to Canada with, uh, with my wife. And I had another friend that went and we went to Hamilton and London, Ontario, for January 24th and January 25th of 2010. And that they played, uh, actually did a little asshole song on the piano. And he also, um, they also played twice at, uh, I believe it was Hamilton. So those were pretty cool shows. Nice. And that was the first time I really got to meet Ron. So, yeah, that was my first experience. Yeah. Now, Ron made all of these shows for us. I will say he he really went above and beyond, and I'm sure he would have done this for anybody. But when we were going to all these shows, part of the fun was up there and interacting with Buckethead because he or Buckethead fucking Bumblefoot because he he recognized us and he would play with us from time to time. I'll tell you what, another cool story that I enjoyed. Um, it was the can. You remember that one? <laughs> so, let like, let like, me defend like, myself. Go ahead. Let me defend myself on this. Well, i got to hear this. Okay, so about every two or three years, ever since this has happened, every couple of years, I'll be scrolling along Facebook and I'll get a notification and somebody will have tagged me. And it's always just a few people that know the joke, but will have tagged me in a picture of a monster can sitting on the ground. That, and it's the picture that I shared because we were in Atlanta, Georgia. And we brought probably four or five monster energies with us to keep us through the day and a few bottles of water. And homeless people kept coming by while we weren't looking and they would steal our drinks like you'd set it down on the steps for just a second. And the next thing you know, you look and you, and, and, and you go to reach for it and it wasn't there. And there was always the same three dudes that would always be walking by drinking it as, as, as they were leaving. And I guess they yeah. were homeless. They could have just been fucking crazy. No, they were, no these guys were definitely homeless. And, uh, and these monster, these were like the king size monster cans too. Yeah, the big I mean, ones. these were... Yeah, the ones the last. So uh, we're like, yeah, we're like in Atlanta at uh, I don't remember which one it was, but we were in Atlanta. I think at 2012 up close show. It was the one and, that we didn't have tickets to, and we won tickets out the radio while we were waiting in line. Yeah, we we made a terrorist video <laughs> and won tickets. <laughs> the question. <laughs> We, we, this guy had posted a, a contest for tickets to Guns N' Roses in Atlanta, and he wanted a, you to make a video explaining why you should win. So, <laughs> Rig and I took his little puppy, Rocket, who was the cutest little dog you ever seen, and we dressed up like terrorists. 
and we made <laughs> and we made a video like one of those Al Qaeda videos that was coming out a lot in the early two thousands. Talking about like if we didn't win these Guns of Roses tickets, we was gonna kill this puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we got the tickets. All right, we got the tickets. <laughs> yeah, right. we got the tickets. <laughs> you know, this dog's you life was... probably thought you were serious. Like, shit. Well, it was very intimidating. <laughs> but, you know, so, like, during all the excitement, you know, we got the tickets. We're going to the show. We're waiting in line all day. You know, we're still getting pissed off with these, uh, with these homeless people stealing our drinks. And I had to piss. Like, you wouldn't believe. I couldn't even move. I had to piss so bad. <laughs> So, 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 I'm I'm so, sorry. I'm putting myself back in the memory now. <laughs> so, so I had just, to have like some. I had to go stand like you know, kind of angled with the car. I had to open the door and I had to. You, you know, had me guarding up. you. You had me standing, yeah. but standing in front of you so that nobody could see. <laughs> now is that now when I say oh, I'm pissing the can, it's one of those twist off ones, those big monster twist off ones. So yeah, you, know, you don't have to worry about cuts or nothing. So. <laughs> yeah, I filled that. I filled that can all the way up, and then I peed and then I in some, it. Yeah, I, I still <laughs> had some to spare. I twisted the top on it. This can was like steaming hot. I, I remember because you, because the son bitch hands it to me. <laughs> he hands yeah, it to me, and it's like my... burning my hand, and I'm like gross. I don't fucking want this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, we went into the show. Uh, so whoever had an encounter with that drink, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. So what we ended up doing with it was the step. The, the there was like an up. What do you call it? Like I guess where you would like an armrest or something by the stairs. Like a. Like, it, it had those brick steps with like the arm rail or whatever, and the arm rail's where we'd been sitting there drinks all day. So we just left that can mm-hmm. right there where all the other cans they'd stolen all day was. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, we yeah we always have uh, some kind of fun with uh, with some kind of homeless people or something. At uh, there's always something with homeless people at these they shows. They always wanted to beat us up. I don't know what the hell. Like we weren't doing anything. We never started it. That yeah, was I point. got into uh, yeah I got into it with with another homeless man in Atlanta in 2011 at uh outside the Phillips Arena and. <laughs> Because <laughs> I used to have a tape of this, but I don't know whatever happened to it. Yeah, so me and this, uh, you know, we're in line. We're excited for the show. And uh, it was actually, you know, we're just sitting there waiting in line. And this homeless guy comes and brings a bunch of roses that he just picked, like, a few feet in front of us. <laughs> so he's trying to sell them. And this lady gives him a dollar. And then he's telling her, hey, open that back up. Give me one of those fives in there. And then I'm, I got pissed. I went off on him about it. And then we had an exchange of words. And then <laughs> next thing I know, uh, this guy's proposing to uh, suck my dick in front of everyone. <laughs> there, what's, what's funny is the way it went down is just because, like I said, I had I used to have this on YouTube. And I had to delete my old YouTube channel because the terrorist video got me in trouble at work. <laughs> And so I had to delete my whole YouTube channel, and that video was on it at the time. But there, you you see them arguing back and forth, like motherfucker, I'll whoop you, up, motherfucker, you know, and they just they just shit talking back and forth. And then all of a sudden, the dude goes, "I'll suck your dick," and then Rick goes, "What? What? what? <laughs> and then he goes, "I'm like, you oh. win." 
Okay, I thought we were going to fight, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you always want to get something interesting in Atlanta, that's for sure. (laughs) But you know, man, we're sitting over here, we're having a great time reminiscing about some of the good times, but there's one show in particular that stands out in my mind above all others. You talk about the finger? What? What? Why are you talking about the one? With, are you talking about where we that twenty four hour prostate exam uh, clinic that we stopped at? <laughs> no, not that one. I wasn't ready to tell that yet. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. There's no such thing as a ten dollar massage. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh man, seriously though, we got to we got to change the tone a little bit because I want to talk about this because I know nobody's talked to you about it yet and only a few people know about it and it's such a damn good story because everybody ended up coming out alive almost so rick here is one of the few people in life that can say he's literally lived two lifetimes uh simply because uh we went to uh chicago illinois and uh there was do you remember this there was a pay-per-view that night 2013 yep house of blues yeah now that pay-per-view has gone off of youtube and i constantly say on the on this show if anybody out there has a copy of this show it's important to me and i would love to have it uh if anybody out there has a copy of it but this is part of why so we go to the show uh you know what i think we should hear it from rick's perspective i think this would be better i'll tell i'll tell it up to the moment and you kind of tell me, you chime in and tell me, tell me what was going on, like where, from your perspective. So all we, right. we stood in line all day. We had uh, it was right before uh, it was one of the last ones before they started the VIP thing, to where we didn't have to stand in line all day. Oh no! But wait, you tell them when, when you said staying in line. What were the conditions of these lines that we were standing in? Well, first it was like snowing. It was snowing outside. And then they let us in the building because uh, they had like a restaurant there. And the uh, and they let us in to stand inside because there wasn't but like three, at the time there was three of us. There would be more after the restaurant opened, but at the time there was only three of us. So they let us inside. Now while we're inside, we're in, standing in line waiting to get in. It's this little tiny area and it goes from being... Oh, God, I don't know how damn cold, but it was snowing that day and uh, and everything to being, like, uh, fucking hotter than chicken shit. I know that damn much. And, and, and we, being young and stupid, the only thing we had to drink all day was one Mountain Dew somebody gave us that I, me and Rick split between the two of us. <laughs> And the only reason why is because we didn't want to get out alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we would never get that spot back. We were the first ones in the door. <laughs> and we had earned that. We'd been there all day. And um, so we, uh, uh, oh, oh, this was the night where the, so the security guard, the security guard comes out right before they open the doors. And he's like, okay, everybody, 
We're going to not allow any flash photography. If you have a camera, you need to take it back to your car. If you, and we do not allow any slash shirts. If you are wearing a slash shirt, you may take it off and turn it inside out. <laughs> and then he says, and no top hats. And then he looks at me, and which, at the, which that night I was wearing a cowboy hat for some fucking reason, just being an idiot. <laughs> and, uh... And then he looks and he gets on the microphone on his uh on his uh things like uh what about cowboy hats? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, cowboy hats are okay. cosplay. So then he goes, So yeah, that's the only rule. No flash photography, no slash shirts. No slash, no flash. And then you see it click in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> like he just realized he rhymed something, like this was the greatest thing he'd ever done. And then he starts, yeah. he's no slash, no flash, no slash, no flash. Yeah, he was he was pretty proud of that moment. It was, uh... <laughs> just about. You know, it was crazy. It was funny, though, man. I, got, I always remember that, too, like... When I go to when I went to these shows, you know, it was like, oh, think back to Chicago, like where you see all these people wearing slash shirts for wigs now. You know, but yeah. back in like 2012, there's no way you could get away with that at a show. Nope, your ass would have got sent right back out the door. Yeah, no doubt. But no yeah, that slash, show right no there. Slash. Once they let us in, it was. Uh, I mean, it was it was extremely. It was like it was hot. I mean, I was burning up. And uh, with all the excitement, driving all night to get there, and then uh, or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, we were. Uh, I remember just. I remember just feeling like you know, not feeling like too good, you know, about halfway through the show. But I'm like, well, I'll worry about that after the show, you know. Just try to enjoy it. And then uh, night train came on. And, I remember this. And then we all got really excited. Everybody's just jumping up and down, just having a good time. And then now, th- come see, back I up. looked over at Rick, and I thought he was just tired. So I kind of put my arms around, like put my arm around him, and you know, like encouraged him to jump up and down, which I would later regret. Yeah, we were, and then uh, you know, just getting into it, then they came back out for an encore, and it was there in Madagascar. Um, I just, uh, I mean, it was just the best way to describe it, it was a numb feeling, and uh, the security guard was just staring at me, looking at me. He's like, "You okay?" And then at that point, I'm just. I'm gone. I don't even know. Uh, it's like it's like a film strip, man. It's like you cut out the you cut out a big chunk right there. Yeah. Spice it together. My next uh, my next images are me just like uh, gasping for air back in some room. So here's what happened on my end. I'm standing beside Rick, and madagascar starts i know he's not feeling good i'm kind of looking at the stage and we had a a third so-called friend with us who i'm still pissed off at and uh so i I think i was saying something to him and then i look over to say something to rick and i see rick being carried away by these group of security guards and it ain't like he's being thrown out. No, he is, his, is, his, there's no life in this body. Like, it looked like a rag doll dressed as Rick being carried away. So I freaked the fuck out. I had a sign that night. I had, I had my cowboy hat. I lost my cowboy hat on the way. Oh, <laughs> on the way through the, uh, through the crowd. I never did get that back. And, uh, uh, 
and to be honest, like just right now with mentioning the cowboy hat, this is the first I've thought of that. <laughs> like I just realized, like while we're telling the story, where I lost that hat now. <laughs> so, uh, Shit. I go back, and I knew that if I said he was my friend, they wouldn't tell me that. So I said he was my brother. And I was like, no, dude, they took my brother in that room. And then this lady in white comes up to me, and she's just reassuring me. Like, she's very calm and very being very sweet. Like, everything's okay. We've got it all under the control. Got what under control? <laughs> and then she's she's like, no, he's, he's fine. He's just in here. We're just, we're just, uh, we're getting him some water. Everything's going to... And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and come to find out, they got him back there, and uh, we found this out uh, later because they came and talked to me at the hospital, uh, or at the ambulance, because uh, they still thought I was his brother. Rick had died. Oh. Holy shit. Rick had died, yeah. and while that lady was, tra- she was trying to keep me calm because she thought I was his brother. And... uh which, if that would have worked out, your mama would have... Because me and Rick were born, like, <laughs> was it six days apart? Yeah, that's something crazy, man. Yeah. Mama must have been working hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> them energy drinks. <laughs> before they banned Four loco. Um <laughs> But... but um, so anyway, uh, they finally let me in, and Rick's laying on the floor, white as a ghost. And they hadn't told me he died yet. But uh, Rick, continue from there. And it's uh, like seriously, the only thing that like I can remember was just gasping for air, and then they uh, and they're trying to like hold me down a little bit, you know. And then uh, I remember everybody's hands being on me, and I'm like, I didn't know what's happening. And then next thing I know, I'm like. Literally, like, just laying in the back of a uh, ambulance. Let me and, tell uh, you what this fucker said. When I came in there and he looked at me, the first thing is, he looks around and goes, are they going to take us back to the stage? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know <laughs> but, yeah, like, but, you know, but that story ended up being, a, ended up having a pretty good ending, though, to it, because afterwards, uh, I mean, it was, I don't even think we really, we didn't even properly sleep that night. Dude, I uh, slept at the hospital. The only time, yeah. the only time you and me got separated was for a little while, and uh, I was in the hospital, and all the doctors were surrounding you, and I kind of turned away because I could tell they were about to gown him. Oh, <laughs> and uh, the doctor says, "Why don't you step out over here while he gets dressed?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that." Man, I don't remember getting gowned, man. <laughs> the violated. Well. All I remember, the, the, I, I know a lot of the fans at the show uh, came to the hospital. And a lot of people were there to the point that they uh, came and pulled me out of the room and was like, man, there's a lot of people here uh, asking about yeah. your brother. <laughs> and I said, okay, what well, you want me to do about it? And I guess they, they, kind, they, they told me, and I don't remember exactly what they said, but in a nice way to get rid of them. Because they were all in the in the waiting room, waiting on us to come out. Because they didn't know how bad it was. 
And uh, I don't think we've ever actually told this story about how bad it was. But, uh, so, uh, we brought the guy that we rode up there with so we could make a plan to get back home. Like they said, he could have two visitors. And so I was like, I ain't going to say his name on here, but I brought him in there and then we kind of made a plan to, for what we were going to do because we had a hotel and everything. We had a Hilton, a goddamn Hilton, and we didn't even get to stay in. No. Uh, that shit always happens to me, man. I, I get a nice hotel, and I never even get to see it. Uh, no, but just the, to now, the fuck now, off every time. Now the one hotel that we got where we found the uh, the crack pipe in the syringe. Of course, we got to sleep in that one all fucking night long. <laughs> but not the damn Hilton. Uh, <laughs> that's another story for another time. But uh, so we got we got our plan together, and then uh, I I don't know if anybody else came back there. But uh, Rick gave me his phone number and told me to give his phone number to uh, to the people that were there, and he would talk to him later. And so I just said he's 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 okay. He just he's I mean he's had a bad night, and uh, the doctor said he shouldn't be seeing a whole lot of people and get too you know too excited right now because they're still figuring out what happened. You know I don't remember what I messed. The way I worded it was Rick ain't coming out. Y'all need to leave, but. <laughs> But here's how you get in touch with him, and because uh, that that really shows how good the community, this community, the potential it has of being good people. There are good people in this community that people left the concert concerned mm-hmm. about. You know that show. Uh, I actually met a lot of uh, people at that show that uh, to this day I'm actually still friends with, man. So it's pretty cool, you know that. That's yeah. Chicago show. It was probably one of my favorite ones just because it's just the whole experience all together. It was just pretty – it was a lot of fun, you know. And that uh, – and his first uh, – and our first Vegas res- residency was uh, probably like an epic moment because me and Dustin took over the whole uh, the big screens on the uh, <laughs> – I forgot about that. Yeah, we like uh, – they didn't do it the second night because we were there for the last <laughs> two shows. And then so like the first of the last shows – they had this thing where you could send your pictures to show us how much fun you've been having it here at uh, Hard Rock or whatever. So me and Dustin, <laughs> we took all these retarded pictures all, all day long. You know, just we had a Gundam style picture on, in the elevator. Uh, we got pictures with Beta that we post, and they put all these pictures up on this big screen. And then you can add you can add messages at the bottom. You know, like they said, uh, you know, so, and I, I'm and I say, this is Rick. Can someone bring me a beer, please? I'm up here in the front. You know, I just write stupid shit like that. You I know? remember they, they, just... they, they retired from us for a little while and started showing other people's pictures. And then at the crawl at the bottom, you could see the messages people were texting to them. And uh, at the crawl at the bottom, it said, uh, we want to see more pictures of Rick and Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were just uh, – so they started putting us back in rotation. But the next night, they had no pictures up there at all, no pictures. You <laughs> oh can't gosh. do that. Do you remember the security guard that got into got into it with me that night? Oh yeah, because you because uh, you uh, he got pissed off because you ran, and uh, you were running to the rail that you waited out in line all day for to get against, and he was mad at you because you ran too fast, right? That was the next night. That was him being a dick because uh, of how he got owned uh, the first night with the sign. I had a sign for Tommy Stenson that said, "What's your motivation?" and I hit it in the back of my pants 
all night long until that song played, and then I pulled it out and held it up. And then he raised hell, and he snatched my sign away. And then Bumblefoot came over and uh, said, give him back his sign. So the guy gave me back the sign, and I held it up again. And he started, like, yelling at me and swatting at it and everything else. So Bumblefoot came over, took the sign out of my hand, and ran across the stage behind Tommy during his solo, holding up the What's Your Motivation sign. I remember that. That was was awesome, too, man. that security guy was just, um, he felt he had a, I don't even think he, dude even had a badge or anything, man. He just, <laughs> I mean, he has a little bit of a, he feels he has a little bit of power in it and tries to kick everyone out in can with it. But, um, no, but that, uh, that Nashville show in a 2011, you remember that was the civil war show. Do you remember, do you remember that show? Did you go to that one? I don't know. Was it the, the one where uh, I'm trying to think, like, uh, my, did you go to the one that my brother went with us to? Okay, no. If if, if okay, I'm not gonna say his name. If if, if he was there, I, I didn't. Yeah. Well, because at that show right there, man, there um, uh, there was this uh, there was this guy in the front, and uh, he took his he reached in his pants when Guns N' Roses came on. Okay, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, like he's reaching in his pants. He throws a pair of boxers on stage at Axel. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, next thing I know, man, like I'm sitting there laughing the whole time, thinking this is like amazing, you know. And the security's <laughs> over here, they're over there trying to get the guy out. They said, "We saw you throw something on there," and I'm like, "No, that wasn't him. That was the guy over here." And they're like, "It wasn't him." And I'm like, and then the guy that's the other security guard is like, "No, I saw him do it." I'm like, "Dude, it wasn't him. It was this guy back, or some other guy back here." So. Everybody else was just was kind of like looking behind now, trying. Who's throwing? Who's throwing boxers at Axel? I believe he prefers bras. Dude, it was straight up, man. Like, which to be honest, just, that too is gross. Because girls, I have learned since being married, don't wash those like they should. <laughs> Turns out, the thing you find out about girls when you get married, Caputo, is girls are gross. <laughs> uh, it turns out our first instinct were, was right. Where are we Well, but like all those shows right there, man. There was like um, there was something special about all those shows that we ended up going to because it's something funny always ends up happening with them, you know. And uh, and I remember, um, what was it um. We stood outside of Kansas City in 2011. All, you remember, we were waiting outside. You know, it's just, it was only me and you waiting out there, too, because Axel's bus was still there. And we were trying to, you know, trying to get a picture or something, you know? Well, I guess it was, you see this lady come in and bring in some dog, walking the dog, and she's nice and she waves at us. And we're just like, okay. She walks back and you see Axel walk out. And then he just, he has a big fur coat on. <laughs> Doesn't even acknowledge any fans at all. Just looks, and then just drops right past us. Oh yeah, that was when. Uh, that was. Uh, that was when uh, we were standing. It was just you and me, and we were standing in the snow, hoping to, <laughs> yeah. hoping to get to meet Axel, because we found the back door. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, and then uh, we go out there and we we'll wait all. Uh, I mean, we wait all that time to meet him. We know that it's like we don't get to meet him. Then, like in Chicago, 
because we were at the hospital, he came out and he signed autographs in Chicago outside the venues. So, he, I mean, he does. Uh, it was a hit or miss with that son of a gun. But, <laughs> I know. 